When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. We have the legend, Chael Sonnen here. We have Ween Dog, we got Tyler Smith, the uh, Marine. Uh, Mayhem should be joining us soon. Uh, this is gonna be awesome. Uh, thank you, Speedweed, for sponsoring the show. Marijuana is legal in California. Get it delivered right to you, especially now, during the quarantine. Their business is booming right now. Don't leave your house, okay? Get it delivered right to you. It's called Speedweed? It's called Speedweed, and they deliver. That guy, that guy should win an award just for coming up with the greatest name of a business speedweed and they have marijuana they have thc sex lube my wife and i use it all the time uh it just i'm telling you your penis gets high it's it's amazing she feels better all right get high while you're having sex it's amazing so my man chael sonnen how are you there's a lot happening in that intro adam i i, I feel like it'd be better if i joined the show now instead <laughs> of 30 seconds ago by the way what, what do you got going with your shirt there is, is he reaching inside the shirt or you like it's me my, 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 my baby like when she ever she gets a bottle she she's so used to being breastfed back in the day that she would always grab onto a bottle so now she's basically grabbing onto my nipple while she's drinking milk all right, no, I got it. It's a bit of an optical illusion, but I get it now. Her arm is inside your shirt. She's wearing white. The shirt's white. I see it now. It was yes. playing tricks on my eye, but I'm not the only one. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Well, this morning, she was grabbing my nipple, and I was grabbing my wife's nipple while feeding her the bottle. It was like each of us had a, a, a nipple. Lot, there's a lot happening right now. <laughs> so I got to say, a uh, couple of, about three months ago, I was in Oregon doing comedy, Portland, Oregon. And I was like, hey, Chael, want to come to a show? And he goes, I'm taking you out for dinner. I go, all right, he's like, we're going out for steak. I'm like, okay, right, sure, why not? I'm like, I'll meet you there. He goes, no, I'm driving you. I'm like, all right, you know, when, and when Chael Sonnen says, I'm taking you out for, for dinner, you go out for dinner, you know, it's the best. Shows up in a party limo, a party limo with his wife, who dropped dead gorgeous. Uh, my buddy Aaron came. We were, it was one of the best times I've had in my life. Like, for all my losses, that I've taken as a comic, as an MMA person. Once in a while, you get like a bone thrown your way. You know, you get to open up for Russell Peters, you get on the Tonight Show. I put that up there. It was one, of, I've had so much fun that night. I learned so much about detail. And this guy walks around, he's, he's got like, a, he's got like a, a sport jacket and he tips everybody. He tips the driver, the pizza guy, this guy. It was like Goodfellas, you know that uh-huh. opening scene in Goodfellas when he's going through that. The, the restaurant, he takes care of this guy. That's Chael Sonnen in Oregon. It, it was Adam, the best. Adam, how fun was that night? You know, that was so cool. That that rig was cool. I'd never been in that rig either. I just, I made a phone call and got the rig lined. I'm, I'm blown away. I think we had like our own TV in it and all these things. But I got to tell you what was so fun is I had no idea Portland 
was that big until that night. So we had dinner in one place. You're doing your show in another place, and you're staying at another place, all in Portland. I mean, I figured we were like five minutes from each other. We, I think we were in the road like an hour to get right. from where you performed, uh, performed back to the hotel. Going, I didn't know Oregon was even this big, let alone Portland. It was the best. It was the best. And I got to say, Chael, you pulled off the impossible a couple days ago. You had your no, – no. is, is Mayhem coming? Well, here's video, dude. Got him. Mayhem. Okay. So, I got to say, your submission grappling event you put on was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Everybody else is canceling their events. They're saying, don't do it, don't do it. And you did it. How much backlash? How hard was it? Talk to me about that entire process. Okay, so let's start with how hard it was, okay? And I'm not looking for a pat on the back here, by the way. But, Adam, I might deserve one. I mean, this was a really challenging thing. So it started with, where are you going to do it? And that's kind of the question that's going on right now in MMA, right? I mean, we got the April 18th thing set. We got the Khabib and we got the Tony. We're hearing about Justin Gaethje, but we still don't know where. So where are you going to do this? Turns into a big thing. So, I mean, we're just making phone calls. Hey, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do And we got a lot of no's. And it was a very polite, I'm kind of speeding the story, but we got a lot of, a lot of people that said, look, and we were calling cities and cities are going, we don't make the rules. We follow the state rules. We'd be more comfortable if you didn't come here. So we just kept calling. So we finally got somebody. We got a mother who answered the phone who worked for a city whose son is actually a purple belt in jujitsu. She's been to the event. She knew all about it. So she lays out the state rules and says, if you can do this, go and have a good show. And it basically our biggest challenge, Adam, was in Oregon. I think this might be everywhere, but in Oregon specifically, what's up, Mayhem? Is we could have eight people in the room and no more than eight. So finding a way to separate everybody until it was time to walk out making sure that the athletes left literally not just the building they left the property as soon as their match was done oh and by the way we couldn't have any cameramen you couldn't have any runners so we had no crowd no ring car girls no announcer we had a doctor a referee and two athletes that was it we literally didn't even have a cameraman we had to do it all on remote cameras i called the show i was in yet a different location that was the challenging part now how you know what adam hunter Yes. Mayhem Miller here on the MMA Roasted Podcast. I got to take my damn hat off to Chael Sonnen for having the courage and conviction to throw robot fights here in the year 2020. <laughs> to throw robot fights, that's Well, crazy. how did you control the cameras? Robots? Yes, Mayhem. Nice. Yes. And I that's what I'm talking about. We live I gotta in the tell future. You, like, like from an expense standpoint of doing production, we had to bring in two and three times. I think we had eight cameras set up. We would usually have three people on handheld so they move around. We ended up setting up eight cameras so there was angles from everywhere but all on a robotic. And then that had to lead to a cord that led to a trailer off the property where the uh, director actually went. Man, it was complicated. I got to tell you. Before you get into the submissions and the arm bars that like everybody at home is sitting back enjoying – from our perspective, putting this puzzle together, it was tough. And, and the thing is, is, a lot of times in your events, they go they go long. I mean, each match goes, you know, to, the, to overtime. You have like three first round submissions in a row. Uh, hey, Mayhem, by the way, could you please uh, get rid of that thing because it's, it's so feedback. Just get, get the whole the whole headset. Can you just X the headset, like for real, because we can hear so much feedback on it. It's clanking around, dude. Uh, so, 
No, like the whole thing. Just get rid of it. Just go, just go, go, go with how we used to do it. No, I'm going back to iPhone one because that's what MMA roasted is all about. Not using the latest technology that clanks around and janks around. No, we're using iPhone headphones to talk to the bad guy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very. Thank you for being so so easy to deal with. All right. So, <laughs> so so so, so Chael, uh was it hard doing it completely by yourself and not having anyone to bounce off of? Yeah, it, it really was. I get and Ryan Parsons, who you know, he was our uh, he was our Craig Brassard. That's what we call him. He was head of production for this, and he had a vision. I got to tell you, Adam, I didn't see it as he explained it to me. I'm in one room with a backdrop and a. A headset on. They're grappling somewhere else. Nobody's in the. But I absolutely did not see his vision. And when the whole thing was done, I go, that worked. I mean, TV is changing in many ways. If I can call it TV, Jimmy Fallon, who's now doing the Tonight Show from his house. We got newscasters all over that are are broadcasting information to us from their home. Even what we're doing right now. And I'm not sure TV's ever going to go back. By the way, I think that they're finding there's another way to do this. There's a lot less hands involved. There's an easier more relaxed way. I'm not sure, Adam, we ever get back in the world of visual stimulation to the way it used to be. I think there's a better way. And when I very first saw it, I thought, this is weird. I'm into it and we're in a weird time. Now the weirdness, I'm finding kind of cool. Now I gotta talk, we gotta, by the way, since we have Mayhem and Chael on, and you guys are both legends and pioneers in so many different ways. I mean, Mayhem with your antics and your ring walk and your this, Chael with your amazing shit talk and kind of like the first guy to ever bring a WWE element to MMA. But you guys fought each other back in the day and the ring collapsed. Like, <laughs> tell me what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> mayhem, mayhem, you go first. You remember I that fight? Add to that because I had a team. Uh, listen, you go first. Listen, I, I was 12 and 0 as a young buck and then I ran into Chael Sonny. All right, the takedown machine. And I realized that, Ben, they didn't teach me how to wrestle in Atlanta, you know? And, uh, you know, because I wrestled, but in the circuit that I wrestled in, it, it wasn't that elite type wrestling that Chael Sonnen brought to the case. And that day, you know, in the gangster days of MMA, before it was MMA, did we still call it NHB back then? Probably did call it NHB. Man, the, he hit me with the double leg, went caving through the thing. Now, what I thought was interesting about that is that me and Chell respect each other enough to both nod at the hole in the ring and avoid it the rest of the fight, right? Right? Remember true. that? Well, we, caught, we caught eyes. And when I, I started circling you around to that part, and you were like, and I was like, gotcha, bud. Gotcha, bud. MMA. Mayhem, I appreciate that. You brought me a pride in, in, in bringing that back and putting me over. That was very sweet of you. But, Adam, I got to tell you one more thing about this cage. So, you called it a jinky cage. Look, this thing was so bad. Not only did we break it, but, Adam, there was like six fights left after we got done. They were <laughs> fighting this bad cage. So, if you watch, say, Bellator or the UFC, the fence is always black. Well, the reason that's black, that's called – it's called dipped. Uh, okay, so they take the fence, they dip it, in like a plastic that wraps it. You could rub your hand on it as smooth as can be. This cage was also black, but it was galvanized steel that they spray painted black. What I had a teammate fuck? run his hand against the fence and it caught him and it, he, it sliced his hand over. We had to go to the hospital and get six stitches put in. I mean, this whole thing was bad, but to Mayhem's point, we didn't even think it was weird. 
That's the way it was in the NHB days. There was no holds barred, no holds barred on the cage, too. It was normal. Now, when you guys fought each other, was he like the crazy mayhem antics he tried to get in your head, or was he respectful, Jason Miller? Well, he was already in my head whether he knew it or not because he had just done a tournament. You remember that was back in the tournament days. And he had just beaten up two men in one night. And that was the only video I had on him was watching him kick these guys' butt back to back. And I remember going, man, I, I'm not familiar with this guy. But, like, Tito was vouching for him and Dan Henderson knew who he was. And everyone was saying, man, you got to be careful of this guy. This, this guy's crazy. He fights the whole time. He never backs down. And then I have one video of him whipping two guys in about an hour separation. So he was in my head, if that's what you're asking. And, and, and what was your first impression of Chael, Mayhem? Listen, I was selling tickets outside the venue like fucking 15 minutes before. I didn't know who I was fighting. I would fight anybody. I was ready to fight whoever. They told me he was a wrestler. I was like, I know how to do jiu-jitsu, so that's fine. Yeah, it didn't work out that night, but but chill. <laughs> chill, but chill. Hey, at the end of the fight, at the end of the fight, you had me pushed up against the razor wire. Did I or did I not have you in a shin choke from Uba Plata at the very end. 100%. Yes. Gurgling, right? Man, 100%. okay, okay. I was okay. Just trying to see if I made that up. I was trying now, to see if I made that up. Ma'am, you got to tell me one. I'll, I'll see if you remember this. So, Paul Herrera threw another show, and I don't think you fought on it, but I did, but I know you were there, and you had some kind of heat, and it was either with Babalu or it was Aaron Brink, and, like, somebody took a swing at you or was what, – what happened? What, I've never known that whole story. <laughs> Bro, I, I don't even know what show you're talking about. Like, I always had beef, and I always was swinging in the parking lot. And, I, you know, it was just kind of how I rolled for a good long time until, you know, everything got cleaned up. Now, man, does your pillow say, join my cult? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually a Mayhem shirt from uh, 2002 that I found. And, I mean, it's like the last remaining, I, th I think. I think. There might hey, be some out there. Dummy? That, that's no. my jiu-jitsu dummy. That's correct. I, like, you know, created it. I, shout out to Eric Shield for giving us the uh, – giving me the idea. Now, uh, Chael, I, I got to ask you, Chael, are you just an expert at time management? Because I look at you and I'm like, okay, so you work for the UFC and you have to watch everybody's fights before. No, Then you work for Bellator and you got to watch everybody's fights. Then you also have uh, a promotion and you got to put together this promotion and do all kinds of behind the scenes businesses. Now, most of these jobs, one person would do, that'd be their whole job. And then you're also working at a gym and you're training and you're married and you're a father of, of two. How do you have time to do all this? All right, well, thank you for all of that. I gotta tell you, I got my little maniac right next door. I'm hoping he doesn't pop in here. So that's part of the time management. I bring him to work with me. But uh, I will tell you, Adam, I've never felt like it, like I have to watch everyone's fights or I have to go watch. I love it. I've, I've been a big fan from day one. I remember the first time I saw it. I had a couple of rules in my house like everybody's house did. But one of the, the first rules under my father's care was do not skip school ever. If you're ever not going to class, simply tell me. But don't tell me you're going to class and I find out you're somewhere else. And I followed that my whole life. And one day my junior year, I broke the rule. I cut class with a buddy named Jeff. We went to Blockbuster. We rented a DVD of something called the Ultimate Fighting Championship. We went to his house. We watched it. I went home. I confessed to my father what I did. But I said, Dad, I know what I want to do with my life. You've got to see this. There's this guy named Hoist Gracie, and he's got this weird style. That's what I want to do, and I want to learn. I didn't get in trouble at all. 
But my point to you is I'm just a fan, man. I haven't lost that passion from 1993 when I was a junior in high school to today. I love it. Wow. Damn, all my dad did was throw a beer bottle at me when I told him I was going to be an MMA fighter. <laughs> did he come? <laughs> Mayhem, did he come? Did he watch the fights? Yeah, yeah. He watched the fights and slapped me on the back, was proud of me. Later, later. In the beginning stages, because this wasn't a thing. It wasn't on YouTube. It wasn't on TV. It was just like some dudes fighting in the basements. It was, it was <laughs> like we literally, you know what I mean? And it's weird because it's coming full circle, isn't it? Now, now we're we're back to fighting in the basement because we can't be near each other. Don't cough <laughs> in our mouth, you know. And, and I'm glad that you're doing that, man. I would like to see your setup over there and uh, submission underground. Hey, I appreciate that. And you know what? You're right. We have come full circle, Adam. I never thought about that till Mayhem just said it. We started out in front of no crowds. We got to the biggest arenas. We're back to no audience. That's true. Now, now, didn't you recently say that you think that Ferguson versus Khabib, when it was still on, should have no rounds, no limits? Just no, Okay. I was only doing a hypothetical. I was asking the audience, who do you think wins Khabib versus Tony? Okay, great. Hold that thought. Now, back up. Let's say it was UFC 1, where there was no rounds, where if you got a takedown every five minutes, it wasn't a restart. You didn't get the water in between rounds. You Just under those rules. Now, tell me who you think would win. And then I asked, asked the audience, the third question was, under pride rules, where even though it was three rounds, the judges were instructed to score this as though it's one long fight. And it was more of just a for fun. I mean, I could have played that game forever. Well, what happens if they fight on the moon? I mean, you, you could just play that game. But Adam, I'm starving for content over there. There's nothing going on. But now, I don't know if it was the April Fool's Day joke, but today they were saying that Connor might fight Ferguson. Did you hear that? I have heard that, and I think that you need to put a heavy emphasis on the word might. Every statement is true if you include the word might. There is no <laughs> chance that you waste the, the Mac machine uh, without a press tour. I mean, he's got a unique skill set. And I can tell you, I was in Vegas when he fought Cowboy Cerrone. That was on short notice. And Connor Mania is a very real thing, not to mention he's got first, second, third, and fourth place all-time gate records i just i'm very i'm very bearish on that i really think the obvious solution if you can find a location even get it done regardless of the players but if we're now talking about inserting different players i think we just go to gaethje don't you doesn't that just well, make but, but yeah but on devil's advocate if it's connor it's the only game in town he's competing against no other sports so now it's just connor mcgregor by yeah. tony ferguson and Nothing else is going against it. But what did I what did I make that same argument for? That's why you don't use Connor because you could use him when things are hot and you do have competition. Right now, when everything's going, look, we're tuning in no matter what. And I don't even think this is all about business for Dana. I really don't. I think it's about look, we got to move things forward. We've got to push the world forward. Let's give the world something to look forward to. One thing we can all agree on, regardless of how you want to look at this quarantine, is as human beings, we have to have a light at the end of the tunnel, man. Hope is a real thing. We need something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Mayhem, your thoughts? Yeah, no, well, look, Connor's the hottest thing in town. And I think Tony Ferguson had something magical within him, too. And I think that Tony so far has been pushed to, like, kind of play that Conor McGregor, but he's finding his own voice. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, finding his own style, uh, both on the mat, with his wrestling, with his stand-up especially, because I've seen him, like, continuously improve 
with his stand-up. You know, he had his elbows, and he's got one of those natural things on his own. But he's also developed. You know, he's like whoever's coaching him in the stand-up has, has really, like, tweaked things. So I think the Conor McGregor fight is – thanks, Dana. Hey, Mayhem, speaking of, have you ever rolled with Tony Ferguson? Have you ever worked out with him? I, I want to say no, but I feel like I have when he was real young, though. Like, I, like, saw a little bit, a glimmer of what he was going to become. Yeah, a, lot of our, a lot of our guests come on and be like, you ever do with Mayhem? And, they, and Mayhem says no. And they go, yeah, you did. So uh, I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like one of those things, you know what I mean? Pop marijuana, getting hit. Who, who knows? Some of, those, some of those memories got clouded, all right? I'll just, I'll just tell you the truth. But I do know the 10th Planet style, and I do know where it works and where it fails because there are some downsides to doing MMA match with the 10th Planet style. It's true. But I feel like Tony Ferguson is kind of one of those guys that, you know, once-in-a-generation fighter where he, like, tweaks up this style the same way Bruce Lee was thinking. Take what works, discard the rest. You know, and I feel like well, that's, why, that's why he impresses me so much. According to Chael, Bruce Lee was a hype, right? Bruce Lee was a hype, but aren't we all fucking hype? Chael sought him to call him somebody hype. The king of hype. <laughs> the right wing king of hype. Chael Sonnen is calling somebody hype. I will tell you, Bruce was hype as far as a fighter went, but Adam, not as far as philosophies. Bruce Lee did make some good philosophies for his time. They would sound very simple now, like what, what Mayhem was just saying. Take what works and, and, and apply it. Well, duh, but that wasn't duh when he was saying it. That was, yeah. that was like, hey, that's not what you do. You're very disciplined to karate. You're very disciplined to kung fu. Bruce said, no, man, go go try them all. Whatever works in actual competition, use. So I'll just disclose that in fairness to Bruce. <laughs> Has anybody ever gotten mad at you, Chael, for making a pick against him? Yeah, you've I've gotten some of that. But you know what, Adam? I get mad at announcers when they refuse to do it. I'll see some announcers sitting on the desk. They'll ask for a prediction. And you can tell what the guy's thinking. The guy's like, well, my relationship with this guy versus my relationship. Oh, this is sure going to be a close one, which is, is code for I really like both of these guys. You know, both yeah. of these guys have my cell phone number. It's like, man, knock it off. If you're going to do that job and you get asked a question, have the balls to answer the question. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Bro, uh, Chell, here at MMA Roasted, everybody fucking hates us, so we pick against everybody. And we, and, we pick, and, we, and we pick for everybody. I don't give a shit who's texting me. I don't care that I got a suspicious package from Dagestan that's ticking. <laughs> ticking. I'm not opening that package, Khabib. Now, now, now Mayhem, as your, as your agent, I, I was trying to get you set up. You told me I was your agent uh, two days ago. Yeah, uh, I forgot. I talked to Chael about getting you in a grappling match, submission grappling. He said yeah. he's down, right? I'm totally in. I think you specifically said against Michael Bisping. I'm always <laughs> down for Mayhem, and he knows that. Mayhem will tell you, I've sent him plenty of text messages trying to get him out here to Portland. Not happening. Not happening. We don't have enough money for Mayhem. We don't have <laughs> enough money for Bisping, okay? We definitely don't have enough money for Bisping, to yeah, be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? He got that Fox money. He's just rubbing his ass. With, with Roger Ailes' fucking toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no way. There's no way that Mike Bisbon comes up off the couch, man. I, I wouldn't either. You know what I'm saying? 
the Fox deal ended a while ago, but you are right. It wouldn't necessarily be a cash grab. It would be, hey, give the world a little taste of mayhem. You, fair, fair point on the dollars. You're right. Get you, get you, dude. Come on. Hey, you know what? You know what? Uh, honestly, I feel like at this point, like anything, anybody I wrestle with, we got to do something for charity, get some N95 mask or something like that. Like it, it's, it's a different day now. I, I feel selfish, you know, fighting for myself when the world is like gridlocked. And it's going to be shut down for a while. And the economy is like, whoa, what? It would be nice to give some people some damn jobs and, uh, you know, like kind of spread the love of the sport during this new dark time. Stick you know, we have the dark what, age. Yeah, what do you think? Um, what do you think is going to happen? What do you mean? In, in terms of MMA or like where's the world going? The world. Oh, he's asking far, about, when, he's when asking this, about his baby. This, no, when is this shutdown going to end? Yeah, I, well, Adam, and look. It, it seems to either be stop or go, right? I mean, if, if we if we can't beat this little cowardly, faceless virus that we're dealing with, that we have to respect. But I mean, come on, this thing's attacking women, it's attacking children, the elders. What a cowardly virus! But if we can't beat it, in all fairness, and we got to learn to live with it, if this is going to become the new normal, and you and I are old enough to know when HIV came out and all of the money and government powers they put behind it, they never beat that thing. You and I are old enough to know they've been attacking cancer for years. All the money and researchers and institutions, nothing resource-wise or manpower-wise will touch what they put into those two diseases. Corona will never touch that. And they didn't cure those two diseases. We've all just had to learn, uh, learn to live with it. All I'm sharing for you is if this is the new normal, I would rather know sooner than later so we can get on with it. That's a personal statement. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Fully now, agree. You said, now, you said John Jones's problems can be solved with Uber, right? But we, <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about this recently, how, like, when John Jones beat you, right, he said, I wanted to out-chail Chael Sonnen. Like, I wanted to out-wrestle the great wrestler. He has this thing about him of, like, I'm John Jones. I'm the baddest guy on the planet. I can do whatever I want. And in MMA, that works. But in the rest of the world, rest of life, it doesn't work. Because you can't go out and drive drunk and shoot guns and whatever. But what would you do if you were the UFC president as far as John Jones? Okay, it's a really tough spot. I can just tell you the history of the UFC, which is if there's an authoritative body over somebody for disciplinary action, in this case, it would be local law enforcement. You let that play out. Now, they did let that play out. I don't know if you read this press release this morning, but John Jones essentially was given a slap on the wrist. I mean, they sent him home. I think they called it, like, you know, home confinement. But in fairness, we're all quarantined. It's supposed to be at home right now. <laughs> Adam, I didn't even read that there was community service. I didn't even read that there was a fine. I trust that there was both. But in the press release I saw, it didn't mention either one of those things. I think if you're uh, running sport, I think, it's, I think you're outside your lanes. For you to step in as a commissioner of sport and discipline a guy further than a judge did, I think I don't think that's appropriate. The think, NFL does that, right? Doesn't the NFL do that? Yeah, we see them do it all the time, but they also take a lot of heat for that. A lot of people go, hey, what are you doing? I just answered to them. The union step in. I mean, it turns into a big deal. I do think there's a precedent set because don't forget, this thing could have gone either way for John Jones. They could have brought in, well, look, you just came off probation and we're going to work this in, or this is your, your second time offender, mandatory 90 days in jail, which is quite frankly what the law in Albuquerque says, and it's very clearly written. So even if you were to argue that John got a slap on the wrist, he walked in there like a man. He was willing to take whatever they gave to him. And in this case, it's over. That's it. 
Wow. I think you could argue that he got a light sentence. I think that you could argue the judge was nice to him, but I think that's the argument you have to make. I don't think that you can then argue, hey, look, this was light. Now, Dana, you come in and do it. Look, you don't beat a dog for something he did last week, right? It's just not the way it works. I think that that would be a little bit unfair if anybody came in and goes, okay, John, the judge has ruled, but we've decided to overrule the judge. Come on, man. That's, that's not right in my opinion. So that's what you would do, though. I think that that's what you would have to do. Yes, if I was in charge, I think that's what I would have to do. I'd have to look at what the judge should go, okay, there's the ruling. Let's move on. Yeah. That makes but sense. how long is that going to take, though? Come on, man. The court system don't work that fast. Well, did, did, did like, uh, John Jones go through, like, drive-through court and already got sentenced? Yeah. Back? They said so, he got, like, a week ago. They said he got four days home confinement. Mayhem, I agree with Way you. Way to go. Mayhem, that was one of the things I was most surprised about is that he got before a judge this fast and the gavel uh, came down. And Mayhem, by the way, you'll think this is interesting too. So if you read that case or watched the body cam, John was in a jam for the drinking and driving, but he also had a gun. And a gun had discharged, and they found, uh, they found a casing right at the floor. And they picked up – and so it looked like there was going to be a big investigation on the gun. They didn't even charge him for the gun for whatever reason. They didn't even charge. It's this ca- this case is closed. Damn. Like, not, this case is done. Yeah, you know what? And look, I I wasn't really in favor of like throwing the book at John for busting his gun off at the coronavirus drunk in the parking lot, you know. But I may am, and you know, I, I guess maybe my moral fibers are a little loose. I'm glad he didn't hurt anybody. Uh, California, I feel like he would have done. Three to five for that, for sure, for sure. sure. And, guys, one one thing about John Jones, and I don't know why, I don't know where this comes from, of all the paperwork that he lets slip, of all the mistakes he makes, for one thing that he always does, he always registers his guns, and he's got a whole collection. For some reason, I don't know if he's got a full-time manager. I don't know who – he always – registers his weapons and i think that saved his ass in this case well he buys them legally so they register right. themselves absolutely <laughs> and he also you can have it in your vehicle and hide it under the seat and be you know fired out the window when you're hitting donuts in the lo- i got it but i think that's one of the reasons that that didn't isn't, he also really nice Dale, isn't he also really nice to your mom yeah he was nice hey i'm not coming out of being a john jones defender i'm just telling you this is what happened i read the case and i'm, I'm just reporting it to you in case you didn't see it but yes john is very lovely to my mother that is true <laughs> <laughs> i remember you saying that you that you actually like people that are nice to your mom like that's how you judge their character do you want to know what he did that won my mom over i think i've told you the story but so first off he was just always nice to her like even when he and i had heat if she was there he would go over and say hi and it meant a lot to her but after we got done fighting he stays up all night in parties. I have to go and fly out. At 5 a.m., I got to meet in the lobby, and we don't even walk to the ring because we fought on the East Coast. We didn't even walk to the ring till 12.30 in the morning. So at 5 a.m., I got to be in the lobby with my bag to get to the airport to fly home. So John's in the lobby when I walk down. He's talking to my mom, and they're the only two there. And my mom's sitting there ready to go, and John is wearing nothing but sweatpants. And I mean that literally. No hat, no necklace, no watch, no socks, no shoes, no shirt. He's No drawers. Visiting with my mom. So we get all the way done. You know, I thank him for the evening. He thanks me. I congratulate him. We go on our way. He walks away and he's like a floor up now. He took the elevator. He's up, but he's, it's one of those motels where you can see. He gets our attention. We both look at, up at him. He drops his pants and moons, me and my mother. And I'm one of those guys that think a mooning is funny. Some people think it's childish. If you moon me, that's funny. Oh, my God, that's sexual assault. That's what some people say. My mother went and bragged about it on Facebook. 
That's hilarious. She saw the champ's bare butt. So he nice. beat you the night before. Next day, he moons you and your mom. Yes, at 5 in the morning after partying all night, which he told me. Now, Chell, let me ask you the important questions here. What, was, the, was the tone the same as his face, or is it more like a moon pie color? Same. Same, same tone. Weird. Wow. I didn't know black people's ass stayed the same color. Still remember, he was wearing red sweatpants. I still remember the whole thing. And my mom and I looked at each other and looked, and then we just started laughing. That's funny. That's hilarious. That's awesome. John John is always Some people don't think that's funny. That's funny. That's so funny. I mean, first of all, that's so unprofessional and amazing at the same time. <laughs> that is. That is. That's, now, that's, that, that's the tagline of our show unprofessional and funny. Now, I know you and Colby Covington are pretty close, right? Now, uh, has Colby ever, does he go out to you and say, because I know he kind of took the Chael Sonnen playbook and was like, sort of did his version of it. Uh, but you, you, you used to train Colby or you were, you were his, his, his coach or what's your relationship like with Colby? I've known him ever since he was a little kid and I was a lot older than, I'm 42 now, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be around 30. So we worked out together. When he was at college, I went up and worked out with him. Then when he got done with college, he came to Team Quest when he wanted to get an MMA. And so we trained a little bit more there. And at Team Quest, we were trying to recruit him. We're like, hey, you're from Oregon. We're in Oregon. We're the top gym. You know, let's do this together. And he's one of these guys that's not afraid to get in a car and go. I mean, he did that with junior college, and then he transferred to another college, and he did this same thing with MMA and went out to Coconut Creek. And he just found himself at home. And, no, I do have people that say that to me a lot. Hey, are you helping Coley with his lines? Never. He Not only am I not helping him, he never even asks me my opinion. I go to him and go, hey, is this true or – you and Masvidal really have heat, and I'll have to find it out that way. But, no, other than that, if, if, if I help to inspire him, then I, I, I would feel honored to do that because I'm, I'm very proud of where he's at. What were your thoughts about him and uh, Usman that, on uh, that, that fight? That was one of the best fights I've ever seen. It truly was. And I, I was pulling for Colby, and so was my mom, and we were there live, and we were surrounded <laughs> by people that weren't. And they were mad that we were. That fight got so dirty so fast. I mean, they're both poking each other in the eyes. They're both kicking each other in the balls. That was such an awesome fight that I feel like didn't fully get credit. I know people liked the fight, but it kind of ended weird. And then there was this rumor that Colby's jaw was broke. I think if that rumor, which turned out to be false, I think if that rumor never came out, they would have booked an immediate rematch that night. I think the only thing that stopped them from getting a rematch was a false rumor that Colby couldn't do it because his jaw was broke, which it wasn't. Who do you think planted that rumor? Well, did it? I heard that the announce team had said it, Mayhem. I heard like on the announcement, one oh, of the he said it in the corner. Yeah, he said it himself. Yeah, said, I think my jaw's yeah, broke I think in the he corner. Did. I think he told his corner, my jaw's broke, but that was before they got an x ray or anything. Like he was just making a comment. So the announce team picked up on it, put that out to the world, got to Dana, influenced the press conference. So go ahead and blame, go ahead and put the blame where it deserved Joe Rogan. Go ahead and say it was Joe Rogan's fault for that rumor. And because Joe Rogan picked up on it, said it six times during round three, I, I mean, I guess to make it more glorious a fight than, than it even was, than it needed to be, you know, I don't think his jaw was broken. And you, so now Joe, you're confirming it. Joe Rogan said he wouldn't commentate on the um, on the Masvidal, on, on the uh, Tony uh, Khabib. I think Khabib uh, versus... Um, be uh, Ferguson, would you commentate? Are you allowed to for the UFC or no? Well, so if that fight happens, that'll be on pay-per-view. I'll be participating in that, but through the ESPN uh, channel. 
if ESPN wanted to send me over to, to call the fight, I definitely would. If you're asking, like, am I afraid to call? No, I would love to be part of it. I would love to be there and, and see it live. I will not miss one second of that fight. And the closer I can be to the action, the better. Now, uh, first, Usman Masvidal, because that fight seemed like to be the next, the next logical fight. Who do you have in that one? All right. I think that's a really interesting fight. And my opinion might change as that gets a little bit closer. But I will tell you this, Adam. I'm surprised at that booking only because you've got the greatest fighter in the world who is Masvidal. Or I apologize, who is Usman, proved by the champion. But then you've got the biggest star in the sport. I mean, Masvidal is right up there with a Conor McGregor. This guy's star is so big right now. I just don't know that I would book him against the champ and burn one of those guys. I think that I would run in a different direction with Masvidal. Masvidal was sitting on this, you know, Nate Diaz-esque where you could fight anybody, and it doesn't matter if a belt's on the line. You're going to fill up an arena. You're going to get all the press, all the media, and people are going to come out. It is such a rare spot, and I was a little surprised. I don't disagree that Masvidal should be the top contender, but I was a little surprised that they were put together so quickly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying that uh... – because I my my first inkling is that Usman's got the wrestling and that sort of has been Masvidal's Achilles heel a little bit. But now we had who do we have on? We had uh, we had uh, we had you and we had uh, the other day we had Woodley and uh, Forrest. They seem to think that Masvidal's got the uh, advantage in that fight. Wow. Uh, that would surprise me. I, I suspect when those guys go fight the Kamara, like if you're talking Vegas, will probably be a two two to one favorite. It's just hard to say because Masvidal has so many fans, man. He can move the line. And then when you pull an upset like he did over Askren, you've got this kind of momentum. You know, he cruised through Diaz. He grabs a championship himself, the BMF, I think. Do you know the story about Masvidal knocking out three guys in a club? No. Okay. So I just got a hold of this story from Bisping. Bisping tells me the story. I say, I, I can't keep this secret. I'm going to go and tell everyone the story. Bisping goes, you got to call Masvidal first. I, I, I don't know if I was allowed to tell the story. Call and get permission. So I call Mas Here's the story. Masvidal's in a club. Two guys walk up to him that he doesn't know. He's wearing a necklace. One of the guys flips his chain. Masvidal doesn't know how to interpret that other than they're getting ready to rob me. Boom, boom, knocks them both out. Now, if you ever meet a guy that threw two punches and knocked out two guys in a club, you met a liar. Unless his name is George Masvidal. So, okay, he knocks these two guys out, and, like, a big scene starts to erupt. So he ducks out to get away from it to try to escape. He goes into the bathroom. Some guy comes in the bathroom right behind him. He turns around knocks that guy out. I said, George, why'd you knock the guy out in the bathroom? And he goes, hey, man, I didn't know if he was with them or not. I couldn't take the risk. Like, wow. you, you have to take the risk. What if he was just in there? to? He doesn't know anything. It's a crowded club. He's just coming to use the bathroom. You turn around and square him up? He goes, well, he, he definitely used the bathroom after that. <laughs> he, he says it really calmly, Mayhem. He goes, I couldn't take the risk. It's like, you have to take the risk. Wow. Yeah, well, no charges filed. So, I mean, he got away with that one. Mayhem, this is the mindset. He's not letting you into, oh, I got good hands. He's letting you into the crazy. This is a street guy, Mayhem. This is a rough guy. You better know the, you better know the Masvidal code. If you're going to go play with Masvidal, I think Kamaro. I think Kamaro's got his own code himself. I'm just saying, there's more to this guy. And Askren didn't understand the Masvidal code. Boom! Exactly. He didn't know the code. Yeah. yeah. Don't tease that guy, man. See, on guys? that fight, on that, how many guys have I knocked out in the bar three for sure? When you said that, I was like, I've done that before. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> anyway, back Not to the, the Masvidal fight. No, 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 hey, guys in the bar. That's in the same fucking night. All right, tell yeah, that story. Hey, tell, tell this story about you knocking out three guys at a bar. All right. 
So I wasn't even in the bar yet. I was in like a rotunda going up to the bar, right? It's like this kind of like a, 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 stair, a stairway, a staircase, right? And I'm standing there on one side of the staircase talking shit with my buddy who just got back from Iraq, right? And I was like, look, bro, don't give us a no shit tonight because when we were kids, you always got us in shit. I always had to beat somebody that. It was always your fault. He's like, well, bro, I just got out of war. I I'm good. I'm good. And I said, all right, cool. Man, it seemed like a split second later, <laughs> some, like, white supremacist comes charging down the fucking... You know what I mean? And there I am with the Asian girlfriend, a Puerto Rican best friend. And this this white supremacist said, get over there. And I'm like, get, get over, get on, get on the other side of the stairs. Like, no. I all I had to do was say yeah. All I had to do was say okay. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, yeah, no, I, could. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Now on top of that, this guy is above me on the on the stairs. And as you know, having the high ground is a good thing from Star Wars. Okay, so he had the high ground on me, and I was kind of anxious, and I was like, yo, bro, if you don't just walk by me, I'm going to throw you down these stairs. And he's like, you're going to throw me down the stairs, bro? And he had a mustache like this, you know, white supremacy, I'm telling you. Shot call. He looked like <laughs> skinhead. That, right? You're going to throw me down the stairs? Like, yeah, bro, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. Like, oh, you're going to throw me down the stairs? And I said, yeah, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. Man, he pushed on me. I just hit that shell sauna underhook and just chucked them down the fucking stairs. <laughs> this guy, now the commotion has been caused, okay? Everyone on this stairway is looking down on us like, like, what the fuck? Like, oh shit, some shit. There's somebody fell down the stairs. That's kind of the murmur that was going through the crowd. Nobody saw me throw him down the stairs, okay? This dude has a guy behind him going, you threw my friend down the stairs. And he grabs my shirt. And I go, and now I don't have the railing. So I'm kind of wobbly. And now I'm, I'm even more scared. I'm like, bro, I'm going to knock you out. You're going to knock me out? I'm going to knock you out. You're going to knock me out? And I knocked the guy the fuck out. He went tumbling, bro. Timber. Kablam. On to his friend who's getting up. I push kicked him in the face. Sat him down. Yeah. Another one of his buddies got the uppercut. He fell down the stairs, too. You know, it was, it was, you know. What bar was this? Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, 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 where, where, where was this? I plead the fifth. Oh, was it in Orange County? I plead the fifth. All right. So anyway, well, my buddy from Iraq, my buddy from Iraq. It's a recent story. I'm assuming this is a long time ago, right? I actually remember the girlfriend. All, my, all my story, all my stories are. Yeah, did you it remember you? That yeah. I, you remember that I used to have an Asian girlfriend? Yes. I mean, maybe yeah, you, you had Yeah, way to yeah, go. I yeah, met way her. to go. Well, didn't you guys have a similar girlfriend? Wasn't there like you guys yeah, what, the same? Bro, what? Multiple similar girlfriends. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. So who won that battle? So Chael won the battle in the cage with this. Who won the Asian girlfriend battle of the 90s between you and... Chael. Chael again, bro. I can't <laughs> fucking stop losing to the guy. The 90s. Like, the, judges, the judges gave a slight nod towards the white American Republican. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, all right. Mayhem's being very nice to me today, isn't he? I don't know. I don't Bro, know. Listen, nice we're so man. happy to have a superstar on the show after we've been fucking interviewing the goddamn dregs of society, which we are a part of. But, you know, I'm just coming to some realizations 
about Adam Hunter and MMA Roasted Podcast. That's just, it's sending me on a philosophical note, and I'm just so happy that fucking Chael Sonnen on here, one of the voice voice pieces of America. Is that a word, voice pieces? Uh, now, Chael, you were, on the, you were on The Apprentice, right? Was that with Schwarzenegger or what with Trump? Yes, the one I won. Yes, uh, that was with Schwarzenegger. What was he like? He was great. I was only around him a little bit. Well, I'll tell you this. One thing that he did, so he had a contract. I mean, he's making a TV show. Well, he got very in to the experience and the experiment, if you will. And there was like days that he had off that he wasn't on TV and he would go, one day he went into a building, like he goes up top and he was watching us all with binoculars to get feedback. I mean, he got really into it, which I thought was really cool because it was a very real process in terms of trying to win and trying to do this competition. I think that Schwarzenegger was up against it a little bit in the ratings only because when Trump did it, it was very real in that if you won the show, you actually got a job and a contract and you went to Trump Tower and worked for a year. Schwarzenegger, it was just a rating grab, right? I mean, there was nothing that came with it. If, if you win the Celebrity Apprentice, everybody gets up and goes home. So I think that that was a little bit tougher spot he was put in, but he was cool if that's what you're asking. He was a great guy. Well, I, I know at one point the word on the street was that you were – hoping to one day be like a Fox News commentator, um, which I think you'd be amazing at. Uh, kind of like, like a Hannity, Tucker, Chael. Is that something that you still would like to do? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I've got a real interest in politics, but no, I, I don't think that's the road that I'll go down. But I do have an interest in that. Like, you know, I mean, I've watched sportscasters and whatnot. I've watched a lot of political debates. Many people have asked me, like, when I was uh, – you know, building up a fight or something. What was my inspiration or what athlete was I trying to be behind? I said, well, those actually, and I, a lot of it just got credited to pro wrestling. So, yeah, I'm actually not a very big pro wrestling fan, but I've watched every political debate you could possibly think. I mean, I watch senators battle each other. If it's political, I like the body language. I like the words. I, I like the, uh, I like those kind of fights. I like those verbal fights. And one person gets over on the other and I see strategy in it. And I just personally have an interest in that. Are you allowed you to do- run again? Cause I know at one point you were the governor, right? To to run again? Yeah, weren't you the governor of Oregon or something, or lieutenant governor? No, no, I had one. I was running just for state representative. It's a it's a very uh, small position, like the state congress, if you will. And uh, then I got arrested. And it was this whole thing, and it's <laughs> look, bro. They got, you know what? Thing. It always happens. Every time you get a little political traction, the police sure. come knocking at your door. If you're an MMA fighter, I mean. I'm just, you know, I'm not saying conspiracy, but I will be making tinfoil hats for sale on Mayhem Martial Arts. Hey, is that what happened with you? You were running for something, and that's why the cops Allegedly. came? Allegedly. Yeah, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, they were more upset at me robbing banks than they were at me running for something. But I, I tried to explain this to you before. That was half a Robin Hood. So Robin Hood stole from the rich and gave to the poor. I stole from the rich, but then I kept it. <laughs> yeah, he became saying, one of the uh, elitists. I get yeah, it. I'm yeah. not saying I'm a hero like Robin Hood was. <laughs> I was just a regular guy who acted heroic. Right. Now, did you ever actually really not like any of your opponents, or was that sort of for, for show? No, I, I, it was very real. I never manufactured that, but I will tell you, in all fairness, like I could not stand Anderson. So I thought about this guy every day. I hated this guy. I never even met him. So in hindsight, that's kind of a weird thing to do to really not like a guy when I'd never met him. And then Vandalay and I just couldn't get it right for whatever reason. And we had met, but then now we get along great. So it's kind of one of those weird things. And I also never knew Fedor. Fedor's maybe like the nicest guy you're ever going to meet that's done combat. 
but it was very real to me in, in my world at the time. I'd read something they said about me and I'd stay up at night. I'd be so mad. I'd say 10 more things about them. But Tito, and, like, right, Tito? No, that's very real. Yeah, Tito and I also have never really got it right. Now, I remember when Vitor Belfort was knocking out everybody. When he was TRT Belfort. Yep. I mean, when he was just, it was like a video game. It, I honestly think that that Vitor Belfort would have went undefeated. They would allow him with TRT when he was doing those things. And nobody wanted to fight him except you. You're the only, and I go, and I, I remember looking at you backstage at the MMA Awards. I'm like, Chael, this guy, I, this guy, he goes, listen, if you could last the first round, you can beat him. All he goes, that first round is going to be brutal. But you, you, but that was, that was your philosophy on that. Yeah. So I had three teammates that fought. I studied Vitor a lot because I was a big Vitor fan. You know, he was beating everybody up before I was even in, but Randy fought him a couple of times. Uh, Henderson fought him a couple times. Lindland fought him. So I studied Vitor a lot. And there was a statistic on Vitor. I don't know how much it holds true to this day, but there was a statistic at one point that not only had he never won a fight, that he didn't win in the first round. He's never won a decision to this day. But not only had he never won a fight that he hadn't won in the first round, you could back it up even further to he had never won a fight that he hadn't won in like the first three minutes of the mm. first round. And none yeah. of that is an insult to Vitor. I loved his style. I loved watching him fight. But if you are going by the numbers, to my point I made to you, was if you can get it out of the first round, at least statistically, you've got more of a shot. He was just so fast at him. He was so damn powerful. I even remember pre-TRT Vitor, when whatever the hell he was on at 19, when he was coming out as Vitor Gracie and made his debut. Remember when that Tank Abbott and stuff? He would find that shot and he would do what's called the march step, where you step one in front of the other, so your jab is always your cross. You never have a jab. He was awesome. I loved watching Vitor. Wow. Mayhem? No, yeah, I liked how he uh, broke it down Moneyball style with the algorithmics. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's definitely a way to do it, is if you can break down the percentages of when, uh, you know, what a fighter does or what he's the best at, that, that's a great way to look at things. I think more fighters should look into that, that type of uh, analysis. Because, is that, is that, you know, is that what you did? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, there's an, an art to it, right? But there is a statistical angle from it and nowadays it's really strange because you know uh, a lot of the fights got the punch stats and you know some kind of compubox type note uh numbers and that can make a big difference when studying a fighter you know like back in the day we didn't have youtube you couldn't really like dig in there was no fight pass so you had to like kind of string together a dvd that was the high tech oh put a dvd of all this guy's fights right and then slow motion some parts, the analysis of the fight will, will take you from just training for a fight to, like, sharpening the skills, you know, sharpening that edge and honing it till you get the victory. You know, Mayhem, Mayhem, I actually went through that, if I can tell you just on a personal level, but I had lost a handful of fights, and I went and met with a guy who was a sports psychologist, Dr. Versteg, and he'd never worked with a fighter before. He'd never even worked with a fighter. So... I mean, never even watched fighting. So he brought my record up online and he was going through it and he started breaking me down just purely by the numbers. And every fight I had ever lost was always in the second round. And so he was asking me, hey, what happens in the second round? So I would tell him, I go, well, you know, if you're a little tired in the second round and you know you got to get through that one and another round, your mind starts playing tricks on you. And he was telling me that's called taking inventory. As an athlete, that's called, okay, I'm taking inventory. I'm a little worn down. I'm only four minutes in or seven minutes in. It's a 15-minute fight. Why don't I just check out now? 
And I could feel that, like, as he was saying it to me, you know, I also have always done really well in the third round. And there was something about me kind of like a racehorse. If you could see the barn in sight, if you knew the finish line was there, you could kind of push through. But that's a very real thing. And sometimes we don't even know what about ourselves as athletes. I don't know that a Vitor, unless he watches this and hears it, would even know that about himself until he heard me break him down. Listen, Vitor Belford, I saw Vitor Belford in a toilet one time when he was a, he said he was going to quit fighting, right? And, like, I did, like, a little tear emoji, you know? I was like, what? Wait, can you break this stop? down? Was he taking a shit when you're saying this? Nah, nah. I felt like we were... Two feet under the stall. We're, like, backstage at a UFC. And, uh... Why was there a toilet? Just, because it was the locker rooms. Come on, okay. man. There was to- I think I was taking a piss coming out, and he was going in to take a piss. And he was kind of feeling bummed out, like, you know what I mean? His last performance wasn't good. And I was like, bro, you can't quit. Peter Belford with the, with the white Valentino shorts. And, bro, the boy-like smile that came on this man's face has, has echoed joy into me for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's a great Vitor story. I cannot I, top that. Now, now, Chael, I heard a story about you, and I, this is not insulting at all, but uh, it is. There, was, there was a guy that you lost to, was it Matt, who was like three times, the guy with the most fights ever? Jeremy Horn. Yeah. Jeremy Horn, right? And I guess someone, one of your teammates was an interview. This is like, I read this in a magazine, maybe like eight, nine years ago, that you lost by, ar- by put armbar or triangle to him. You kept losing to him. And somebody said to you in practice, hey, man, why do you keep losing this guy by the same way? And you said, I don't want to be there anymore. Is that true? Yes, it's a true story, but I, I actually take – that was one of the turning points when I went and started to work with the sports psychologist, but it was a very real thing. I was out there in those fights. You could bring Jeremy Horn's ass right now. He'll beat me again. I mean, right? It's like some – I'll find a way. I whipped him every second of our fight. I take I would win in rounds against him. I was running spots again, and then all of a sudden just give him something as a way out. It's a very real thing. Adam, I contend that I'm not the only athlete that's dealt with those blocks. I'll contend, I mean, a number of rear naked chokes that you see and guillotines that you see. Look, a guy has just had enough and now finds a way to give his back. I mean, you, you've seen boxing fights. Uh, Selden versus Tyson, Tyson versus Bruno, Tyson versus plenty of guys where there were some popcorn punches and man, those guys went down and they never got up again. That's very hard to do in MMA. Like when you're ready to go, this is basically, we advertise this as a battle of skills, but Mayhem will back me up on this. It's largely a battle of wills. It's largely a battle of who wants to be in there longer. You're the entire time trying to open a door and get your opponent to go, you know what? I've had enough. You want this more than I do. Let's head to the back. You're largely trying to do that. There's this unspoken agreement. I swear to you, you completely described my all the wins of my entire career because, like, I would remember, I would just drown them, drown them. Like, in my head, I'll be like, all right, you know what? This motherfucker's strong. Let me just drown them. Just keep dragging them out, dragging them out to the shore. And eventually, yep, he wants to swim in. You know, and you send them. You send them, you know. Catch the rear naked. Catch the guillotine. But, you, know, you were winning the fight, though. So. so you're winning, and you know if you're there three more minutes or five more minutes, you're going to win this. Yep. But no, you just I'm very ashamed of that. I mean, this is what – I went out and got help for this, Adam. I went out and got help. But one of the steps of the help, if you will, was admitting it. I mean, it was like this, uh, this monster in my closet worrying about fatigue or worrying about damage or worrying about the outcome as opposed to thinking about the performance. And one of the, one of the steps that alleviated this was being vocal about it, admitting, here's what my – problem. just like an alcoholic. 
first step to recovery was admitting there was a problem. My big problem was wanting to stay in there. I swear to goodness to this day, and I fought a total of 50, uh, 50 men. I have never won a fight and felt anything other than relief. And a lot of that relief didn't come from getting my hand or getting the, you know, the double paycheck, the win in the show. A lot of that relief was, thank goodness, I didn't, I didn't screw it up tonight. I didn't flick and I didn't quit. I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, find myself in a submission and try to sell it for the crowd. That's a very real thing. I'm not the only one. What, what about this theory? What about this theory, Chael? What about this, okay? Uh, you, you, you said second round was when you had this mental block. Did you ever consider the fact that since you were a little kid, you had to go hard for about six, seven minutes? A lot and of then, Yeah, so don't you think that that had an influence that you, you take that? Because you have... You know, during your career, you had, like, a tremendous intensity about, about your uh, game the entire fight. Like, you'd go, 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 go. And the, part of that, that e extreme exertion is, is there's going to be a re recovery lapse until the lactic, lactic acid moves out of your muscles, you know? And then so it makes it easier for you to take a way out. Yep. And ma'am, I've seen other wrestlers go through this, like really good yes. wrestlers, guys that I looked up to, and they just don't make it in MMA. And a lot of that is to your point. They never find out how to extend that six minute wrestling match into a 15 minute fight. And there's places where you've got to find your spots. If you come out and dump that tank early and you don't get the guy out of there, you got a problem. You're going to have a second round problem. Like I do, you have to learn how to do 15 minutes when to your point, you're trained for 10 years on doing six. I've seen so it in, J I, in I, Japan, I, I, the I, 10 minutes. Sorry, I've seen it with high school wrestlers in college. Like, sure. dominant sure. high school wrestlers, that extra three minutes or two minutes can't. By the way, Antonio McGee Jr. here. Oh, chill, I didn't tell you. We're having a Bellator press conference during this, by the way. Let's do it. We have Darian Wait, Are we starting Caldwell. the press conference now? Darian Caldwell and Antonio McGee Jr., who are going to fight each other for a million dollars in Bellator. Wow. For a million dollars pretty soon. And Chael's going to call it. That is very uh, likely. That is very likely. And I'll tell you, so many people believe McKee's going to win that whole thing, take out Pitbull, take out everybody. Yeah, I have right. no problem with that pick. The kid's undefeated. But if you overlook Darian Caldwell, you are a fool. Antonio McKee Jr.? I mean, it is what it is, but my dad's the pioneer and OG of all the wrestling. So, I mean, I ain't really got much to fear in this situation. I don't know. He's tough, you know what I mean? He wouldn't be the first champ I, I've beaten. So, for me, it's just going in there fighting smart. Um, he's definitely not someone to overlook. Chell's completely right on that. I mean, any fighter's not someone to overlook. But then the day, like I told him, I'm knocking him the fuck out. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't really care who steps in there with me, but when they step in there, they're going to have a hand. They're going to have a handful the entire time. So for him to be able to deal with what I can put out for five, five minute rounds, he, it's going to be, it's going to be some problems. You know what I mean? Three fights alone, it's going to be problems. Antonio, uh, you know, I just like to say thank you for dressing up for the podcast, uh, press conference. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, but, uh, what you're calling a first round knockout. Nah, I'm going to go – it depends because Cardwell likes to move around and play the outside and try to come in with a little takedown. I'm going to give it two, three. Honestly, I'm running through everybody in the tournament within three rounds. I don't Ooh. think anybody's making it out past nice. the third round. Now, Antonio, Mayhem said he used to beat you up when you were a baby. Oh, uh, dude, they used to torture me, bro. <laughs> I used to throw that kid in the parking lot, bro. I used to, like, get out of here. And because he was just, like – 
just a nuisance. Just get the hell out of the gym. We're trying to train for real fights, bro. Don't you see us? Don't you see us, little kid? And now look at this little kid. Oh my we God, also have Gary Caldwell. And I think Chael left. Uh, we have NCAA champion right here. Former Bellator champion. Darian Caldwell is here. Antonio McGee. You know what? I got to say, this fight is the – I'm looking for more of this fight than any other fight out there. Maybe, maybe Why wouldn't Carol. you? But this fight you? here is, is the fight. This is the most overlooked fight in MMA right now. You got two guys in their prime going to battle. So, all right, sure. all right. And we both are athletic, so it's going to be some – it's going to be a great show. Athletic. Who's going to win the wrestling? Who's going to win the wrestling battle? Antonio is going to do a wrestling battle. This ain't wrestling. This is mixed martial arts. <laughs> Here, here's, what I, here's what I see. I feel like AJ, he, he, he presents some problems even on when he's in trouble. Like, so when he's on his back, when he's, he's, he's on the bottom, you never know. He, he, he's presenting problems. So you never know, man. AJ's got some slick wrestling. He's got some, he got some, some tricks up his sleeve. So you're saying that uh, Darian, you're an NCAA champion, and you're saying he's going to beat you in wrestling? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he's got some big <laughs> stuff up his sleeve. Just saying he's got to think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to take 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 my time, and you know, uh, it's not like I'm be able to go out there. And, again, he's got wrestling background, so. Okay, so like, now, now Antonio McGee, this guy Caldwell, he's going to be the underdog, but this is the guy that beat Brett Metcalf. In, in college wrestling, when he was the underdog, okay? He's, this guy rises to the occasion, all right? And he's never lost to a black man in his life. Um, oh, no. So <laughs> He did not put on a suit, Jack. <laughs> oh, oh, we got Mayhem is in a suit right now. So this is, all right, so are, are you worried about his single leg? His single leg is, is, is on point. Yeah, it's, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's wrestling, it's MMA. Um, Takedowns win out rounds, you know what I mean? So my, my dad's the OG of taking somebody down and holding them down and, and winning the fights, whooping their ass on top. So, uh, like, let's I, cut the shit. You're not trying to do no takedown. Of to course do not. Of course. You're trying to do triangle chokes nowadays, okay? You've completely changed the game. You left your daddy's style in the dust. No more wrestling. All kinds of MMA. <laughs> Agree. I'm always trying to throw the hands. That's, oh, that's, all right. That's the all right. Fun. Caldwell, before you got on the show, he said he's going to knock you out in the first round. He said he's not worried oh, about But then he changed his mind to the third round. He said he's going to knock you out in the third round. He think I'm gassing out. I don't know. He's looking a little round over there. Like, oh! I'm so solid. My yeah. tattoos is changing, changing locations, players. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> looking around. Around. That quarantine <laughs> way looking real over there, AJ. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the hey, what are you, wa what are you walking at? Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and look, AJ McKee hasn't left the bed in six months. He's grown, <laughs> he's grown a beard. Like, I, wait, is that a face warmer for a coma? Come on, bro. Yeah. Gotta get back in the gym one day. All right, now, I've seen, I've seen Darian came to my comedy show with a hot woman. Who gets hotter women, you or Darian? I think it's all in the color, bro. I think it's all in the pigmentation. <laughs> it depends what color you like. You feel me? They might like a little chocolate. They might like a little caramel. They might like it sweeter. Who knows? All my girls like vanilla. 
<laughs> ice, ice, baby. Hey, once you go black, you don't go back. I'm gonna tell you that. Oh, hey, yeah. listen, I've gone black many a time, but I've gone back everywhere. <laughs> now you got, now you're like six foot one, down, right? I'm like six foot three. Six three. And you fight at <laughs> one. You fight at one forty-five. People are smoke up their eyes. Don't believe that bullshit. <laughs> what are you walking out around at right now? Right now, I'm like one. 160, 165. Nah, ass. Now, does your father, does your father, does your father ever give you any tips uh, about doing yoga fire, yoga flame? <laughs> the hell is yoga fire, yoga flame? <laughs> you talking I ain't about? talking to you, AJ McKee. Talking to okay. him. At 145, that's a dawesome physique. Yeah, yeah no, nah, for sure, for sure. I, I like fighting at 145. I feel more uh, filled out, you know. 45 is, is cool with me. Now, is now it hard? Now, it, it is. No, no, not at 45. No. Now, 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 Caldwell, you've lost three times in your in your in your career, right? You've won many, many times. Lost three. This kid never lost. Both. Okay, never lost. And you plan on giving him his first? You're fighting for a million dollars. All right. What are you gonna do? that all his opponents haven't done so far? I'm gonna beat him. Again, like, all right, so I see AJ, I think it was in Thackerville. He matched up against, a, uh, it was another brother. He was pretty Wait, athletic. Wait, what? Yeah, he was pretty athletic, but he wasn't that athletic for you to have that much trouble. <laughs> Wait, you said hey, that he met, I couldn't so, hear you over the like, baby screaming. So, so, I couldn't so hear I you like, over the baby screaming. So he I said couldn't he hear what? you over the baby <laughs> screaming. All right, man, he, he saw him in Oklahoma, Matched up against uh -huh. another black guy who wasn't as athletic as him, and he gave him trouble, right? Oh, so I feel like whenever, like, I feel like him matched up against a, another athletic, super athletic guy is, is his kryptonite, but. Wait, um, is athletic like urban? Is that what we're saying here? Pretty damn much. Okay, are you saying it's coming down to skin tone? Because I feel like that's a little bit racist. No, not, not, not necessarily. I think I'm just talking about the extra pep in the step, you know? All right, I so. I think that's the only athletic guy AJ face. Now he is very unconventional, um, Antonio McKee. Uh, Caldwell comes from all angles, and it's, it's a million dollars right now. A million dollars is a lot of money. You guys are fighting for. I need that mill. I need that. He. I'm not letting this man take that money from me. Bro, He's you chasing six O's. I'm chasing pop. seven. He's you chasing six. I got seven O's to protect, homie. Oh man. <laughs> He's got he's seven This is hot fire. Hey, OJ, AJ feels like I'm the I'm the old wolf on the way down the hill, and he's the, the young young wolf on his way up. But now nah, I'm just taking all dogs to the pound, man. You pit bull, all of them. I don't give a fuck. Oh, oh. oh my god! Oh my god! Brutal. Hey, you know. Oh, he called he he called you Michael Vick. Okay, hey, I'm so. a wolf, baby. We'll, 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 we run through them pounds. We don't do well in in, in, in captivity. I mean, dude, this is a guy, he was 130 and, and oh in high school wrestling. He was a four-time New Jersey State champion. He was the NCAA champion. He's fought everybody. He's fought better guys than you, McKee. He has, right? It ain't me. It ain't me. I can talk about who I train with, who I fought. All that shit don't matter. When we step in that cage, it's him and I. I don't care about the wolf pack. If we singled out, it's him and I, and we're going to tango and make it sweet like mango. No, nah, no, nah, but it does matter, and you know it matters, okay? Who <laughs> in your camp 
is going to pretend to be Darren. Please don't say Marlon, bro. Nah, Hell, God. I got 133 and 0 four time national champion called Joey Davis, 7 and 0 in Bellator. Division I got out. the wrestling. Division we had Pico. Like, I've been around wrestling my entire life. I grew up wrestling with Pico, Jeremy, Zaid, Anthony Valencia. Like, I grew up with these wrestlers, and these are all NCAA champs. You know what I mean? This is, this is, this is just the fight life. Like, Darian, Darian, respond. Wait, wait, Darian, respond. These are just all my young boys. Like, you got to understand, I'm the OG to shit. So when all the wrestlers transitioning over, like, these are my boys. Like, you know, when it's time to smack them on the ass, I got to give them a little smacking on the ass. And that's what's going to happen. The what? Wait, 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 let me ask you follow-up. just to have to get it first. Darren, 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 Darren. I thought you guys said it's not going to be a wrestling match. I thought I thought it was going to be a street fight. What's up? Oh, it's going to be Tell me what you want to make happen. Where I want to make it happen? I mean, anywhere. Honestly, it's going to be a fight where AJ, he likes to throw from a lot of different areas. You know, he's unorthodox like that, you know? So I got to take in consideration this fight can happen anywhere, you know? AJ, call one more. He moved to Jersey. He's training with Zabit. He's training with uh, Frankie Edgar. Oh. It's on. He's it's training on. with Eddie oh. Alvarez. He's training with like the, some of the best guys in the world. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> oh. Who cares? <laughs> all right, all right. All right I, can't wait. I can't wait for this fight. This is gonna be awesome. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, you know what I like about this is that you guys are like semi-respectful, like sort of, but you guys are still like getting dirty a little bit. You know what I mean? Who the, the the hype to this fight is not over. This is just the beginning. Yeah, we gotta make it fun. You know what I mean? We gotta make it fun and entertaining for the fans. At the end of the day, we already know we respect each other. We're gonna go in there and do what we do. I mean that, shit, we might as well make it fun for the people. AJ, listen, the next point, no 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 wait, 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 Adam, please. Because let me give my young son a damn uh little bit of lesson on professionality, okay? You see, you see how I dress up for the press conference, okay? I expect you to be this dressed up or more, okay, at the next press conference. I don't want you coming here, laying in fucking bed with the long storm <laughs> in the hat, okay? Making us look unprofessional, all right? Here at MMA Roasted, we are a professional podcast. Indeed. Yeah. Before you came on, he said he wears magnums and you wear lifestyles, okay? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> weird. I don't know even know how he knew that. <laughs> oh, that's cold-blooded. How, how does he know that? I don't know. AJ. I don't know. All right. You're asking me. Yeah, I he said, gold rapper uh, Okay, he said, wait, what was that? I don't even wear gold rappers, matter of fact. I wore a card <laughs> when I lost my virginity. That was it. That shit sucks. <laughs> You're not even wearing that. I'm not breach. You're I'm not a safe sex user. Listen, man, I'm married, dude. Like, yeah, you. So, 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 wrapping it up for me is out of the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got to be smart. Hey, it's 2022. You got rotor floating around. You got to be. I know. Smart. I know. Every time I fuck a chick, I wear an N95 mask. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. I just visualize that shit. Huh? Uh, you're welcome for that. You're welcome for that. And these glasses. You know, oh, it's a splash card. It's a splash card. <laughs> now, Darian, there have been a couple fights that you have oh, in the fifth round. In the fifth round against uh, Haraguchi, you got a little tired. What are we going to do to make sure you don't, you don't get tired? Uh, 
I got to put in a few extra punks in my life. Conversation sexual. We can't get it back on track. How about yeah? You should have never. Pump your wife, bro. How about the battle robes? How about a conditioning circuit? Okay. No, in all honesty, don't. Okay. In all honesty, I do have a a good strength and conditioning program here. Um, uh, I'm using like I'm using a Laverne strength and conditioning coach. I've been working with him for the last two camps. So that I feel like that's been a huge adjustment for me. All right, well, quick. All right, name name like five exercises that you got to do during this circuit. All right, uh, um, squat jumps. Yeah. Um, kettlebells. Kettlebells. Um, plyos. Plyometrics. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with the plyometrics, you've got like two things. All right, cool. Yeah. So uh, pull-ups and then um, uh, mountain climbers. Bam! You just made a. Stay at home workout for everybody. There you Let's go. go. Hey, Let's <laughs> put the main hand on that. <laughs> hey, make sure y'all get on that program, man. Stop playing. We know. Yeah. Any, 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 any questions for the two guys? What's your guys, each of you, what is both of your body counts? Body count? That, that, How many chicks you banged? That's OD. Oh. <laughs> this man is married. Wait, one man is married. The other one is actively fucking every chick raw dog all over Southern California. Not at okay? all. Not so that's at a all. double whammy, all right? Terrible question. Next question. Hey. AJ, I heard, a, I heard a rumor that girls would come into your bed while you were sleeping and try to get you to have sex with them. Is this true? Bro, I have had that happen. That's bro, I, I heard. Bro, I had him over, over, over the my house one time and every one of the girls there tried to bang him. I was like, ah, I had to throw him out. I had to throw him out before we did <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So, hey, Darian, are you going to send hookers to his house before the fight? Of course I am, because I know he's going to take the bait. <laughs> yeah, I got five on I got five. Shit, I got ten, man. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some more questions. Let's Tyler, any questions, questions for the press conference? Tyler, Tyler. I don't even know when the fight is. When's the fight? Yeah, when is the fight? They say June 6th, but the thing is, they got to run the other, the, the quarterfinals before I think they have us fight June. I don't know. They say June 6th, but they canceled everything in May. So this this Corona thing kind of really fucking everything up at the moment. But uh, <laughs> well stated. Serious note, what are you guys doing to, to train right now? Or is it just home workouts? And Honestly, these, these home workouts and video games for me. Hell yeah. yeah. That and remodeling the house. There you no. go. Now, have no you pops. already thought about the million moving. dollars, Darian? The million dollars, have you already spent it in your head? No, uh, no, I ain't spent it in my head. I'm still, I'm still spending this, uh, this money into my last fight. All right. But I, I, not, is, it like, is, your, is your wife saying, hey, when you win, we're going to get this or that? Um, we want a house, you know? Like, maybe a house, that's it. But other than that, nah, you know? I feel like right now is a good time to just relax and, and sit on whatever it is you've got, you know? AJ, you? Have you about a million dollars? Man. Man, honestly, I've been thinking, I, I don't know. I got to get a Lambo. That's a, that's a dad. <laughs> Bro, your fucking father will not hey. let you have a Lambo, okay? <laughs> I will not hey, let you have a Lambo. No he tried Lambo to talk me you. out of it. He tried to talk me out of it right now. It's a million dollars. I need a collector. 
I need a collectible <laughs> in my garage. You feel me? A Lambo? But, Come on, man. Really? What color? Uh, I mean, what color? It. Black or red? Oh, Ooh. Man. Oh, man. Probably matte black. Matte black with the gold all over it. Now, oh, AJ, AJ, real question. Did you wrestle in high school? Yeah. How did, how did how'd you do? I got disqualified my senior year. For, I, was going, I was number three in state. I was number three in state, cut down to the next weight class, and I missed certification by two ounces, they said, the day before Masters. Oh. Yeah, so they yeah. Pulled, yeah. They yeah. pulled the plug, cutting weight. I got, busted with two ounce, I got busted with two ounces before I know it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was my, my high school career. No, because I, I heard, like, from Bubba Jenkins that, like, your wrestling was, like, Division One top top level like he I mean I wrestled at Notre Dame with Joey for a year and then I just honestly college and wrestling just wasn't for me I already knew what I wanted to do as a as a career so I mean what the hell is the degree gonna help me with in fighting so I was just like fuck it I dropped out went to, I always wanted a state title ring so I went to JC won a state title there same same college my dad went to, and then I, I dropped out from there, and then went went pro. Yeah, and that was I mean, it. You've been making it every. You've been making amazing fighters look really. I mean, it was crazy. Some of your fights was like, like who you who you knock out in eight seconds? Was it Georgie? Karakana? Georgie, Georgie, I knocked out Macapa. I knocked out a couple guys. Oh, I mean that Georgie one was like quick, <laughs> and that was. Yeah, I, I mean, I told my dad I want a belt as fast as knockout before that fight. He was like, all right. He was like, all right, shit, let's see it. I was like, I'm about to go get it. But uh, Georgie was trying to play head games. He was trying to get in my head. And, like, I've known Georgie for years. So I told him, I'm like, hey, bro, you're just making this worse for yourself. Don't talk about my family. State, stop trying to get in my head. Like, you're making it worse. And then sure enough, that shit backfired on his ass. No, I mean, I really think you two guys are probably the two of the best in the world in any division. And UFC and one, I mean, you guys are – I put up you guys against anybody, which is why I'm so excited about this fight. Uh, Caldwell, you know, I've been a fan of yours since, you know, while watching you wrestle in college, you're doing backflips and Metcalf. Hey, you about you time, man. That, was, that was awesome. I, I can't wait for this fight, honestly. It's, uh, I know you've been talking about this fight since I was in San Diego. I remember. Yeah, no, this is, yeah. is going to be I don't have to cut you off. Like. It's I be, remember. As a fight fan, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both of you guys. I wish you guys were hate each other more. Like, uh, so what's your best yo mama joke to, towards Caldwell? I don't like talking about people's mamas. That's kind of, that's OD. You know what I mean? that's... No. Oh, <laughs> oh, I got him. All right. Uh, what's your best? Okay. What's one weakness, Darian, that you see in, uh, in uh, AJ? Uh, damn, too late. Come on. Come on. Caldwell. He got wrist control. He's great wrestling. Wow, that's 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 wrist control. It's a fight, man. It's it's all about the respect. But you know what I mean? I'm just go out there and try to try to find that opening. That's what it's all about. There's always an opening in the fight, so it's 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 trying to find that opening. Got Got it. Yeah. Well, look, this I think this fight is like for the hardcore dudes, like Adam. Like Adam is a freaking nerd. MMA encyclopedic nerd okay and that's a good thing all right me me i'm a casual mma fan and uh tell me why i should yeah, you're be, a pioneer of this shit tell me why i should be as a casual mma fan why should i be excited 
about this match. AJ, you go first. Cause you got the young goat putting his record on the line and about to Ooh. take the young the young tourney real quick against oh. shit, former NCAA highly ranked wrestler, five world champ already. He he didn't been places I'm trying to get to, so uh, that, that's where it's at. Codwell, you Codwell, young, all right, young uh, Codwell. Now, why do you think that your fight against AJ will be the fight of the year? Cause you got a young hungry. Lion on the way up, undefeated, 16 and 0. No, oh, this is you. This is you. I'm describing you, 16 and 0, undefeated, who who everyone um, is predict, predict, projecting to win this tournament versus a, a guy who, like AJ said, who's already been there, who's been at the top, who, who's already sniffed the belt before. Um, and both guys are undefeated at this weight class, which makes it even better. Ooh. And you hungry for that million dollars. A hundred percent. You know, if, yeah. I, again, the focus is the focus. You know, you, the million comes with the wings, you know. And, you, and if, I'm, if I'm thinking about that million dollars, it's not going to happen uh, looking past AJ, you know. That million dollars comes uh, uh, at the championship. You know, obviously it's cool uh, to well said, man. think about that. But <laughs> Mayhem, yeah. one time, Caldwell won a fight, goes on the top of the cage, does a backflip, Kick out the camera person. Nice, bro. You know what? I like to see shit like that on uh, World Star or uh, accidental wrestling gifts. You know what I'm saying? Just like accidentally suplex somebody to death. You know, that's just the power of the internet. Where now my brain is just filled with memes. Filled with memes. Filled bro, with memes. I'm synonymous with fucked up backflips, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he also took Joe Warren and, and launched Joe Warren on his head. One of the greatest oh. ever in the history of the sport. <laughs> so this is going to be good, man. This is going to be uh, an exciting, exciting fight. Uh, I can't wait. Both you guys keep playing video games. You seem very hard at work. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, wake up, AJ. Uh, is, is there a girl blowing you right now? <laughs> yeah. That's what no. it looks like. No, no. No, okay. Nick has been clean this entire year. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, my birthday is next week, so. Wow. I see you haven't had sex in a year? Nah, not, not this year. This year. <laughs> like three months, oh four months. Oh, my God. What a madman. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's I'm a good time. He pissed. <laughs> Listen, I'll wait, send why, you wait, some. Wait, hold up. Why are you not having sex? Uh, fucking remodeling the house, working, just doing shit right now. That's not focus at the moment. Are you installing flashlights in all the walls? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what I've been doing. I, I don't know. I, that's why. That's why I asked. So, all right, man. Let me let, let you get back back to beating off in your bed. And uh, you know, I'll send I'll send you some chlamydia medicine for for your birthday. Hang oh, up on oh. this guy. Hang up on this guy. All right. Thank you guys. Yeah. Caldwell, AJ. Thanks for coming thanks, on. Guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Good luck, both you guys. guys. I can't wait for this fight. That's just the beginning, right there. Oh my God! What a damn amazing podcast. Today we had what, Chael Sonic and two of the best fighters in the world. I mean, really, you know what? I was about to quit this podcast, and I completely changed my mind. Uh, are you excited for the fight? Uh, oh. oh, shit, am I still on? Tyler? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I'm really excited. I love, I love Darian Caldwell, and AJ McKee is – he's phenomenal, dude. So I think it's going to be fireworks. You know what? Hey, so – AJ is really cocky, but he backs it up. 
Nah, like, AJ's not even cocky, bro. This dude is like so good that he deserves to be way more cocky. Really? It's like he deserves to be way more cocky. And in fact, Maybe not bro, that's just, bro, it's just good raising by his dad because his dad just kept him humble. He did come to my house one time when I was like in party mode and he completely abstained from anything bad that really? I was doing. Yeah. God bless him. You know, so he's who like, you like in this fight. You know what? I'm going to go back because I've only seen like two of Caldwell's fights, I think. So let me go back through the discography, you know what I'm saying? And just like try to figure it out because, you know, oh, we're out of the press conference, right? Press yeah. conference over. Yeah. Let me yeah, get comfortable. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, Caldwell is like, I've seen some flashes of greatness. I got to go back and look at the losses and see, you know what I mean? Like what he has developed since then. And what what led him to lose fights in the Well, back. the first fight, I'll tell you, the first fight he was winning okay. uh, two rounds. He was uh, really destroying this guy, this guy from Guam. And mm -hmm. then he shot a bad, lazy double in the third and got caught in the guillotine. Mm -hmm. Ah. And then the other losses were against Haraguchi, who mm -hmm. – um, and both – one was in a ring and uh, in Japan. Never fought in a ring before. And that was a close fight. Got kind of tired. Second fight was in, their, in a cage, but I think – I think Haraguchi just had his number, but they were both uh, really good fights. Um, Bro, wait, just like, I, it was just like I was almost there when you were describing it. <laughs> Come on. Like, man. just perfect. What do you mean? Like, what, what did Haraguchi take him down with? Or what did he counter with when have, he got taken down? It again. It just That's what I'm like, saying. I, I, don't, like, I need to see it, it, it too. It was one of those fights where Caldwell was putting on the pressure mm. and looking busier, like coming in for a double leg and stuff. But Haraguchi was defending and elbowing him on the way in, and he kept getting caught in those in those positions where he he was going for the takedown but getting stuffed and punched. You know what I'm saying? Or so it was like one of those things. Like, who do you give the round to? The guy trying for the takedown or the guy effectively uh, blocking and landing punches? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting to see because AJ McKee his takedown defense is solid. His kickboxing is really solid. And his ground game is like, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a guy who doesn't call himself a jiu-jitsu black belt, or does he? You know, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better grappler, you know, than AJ McKee, to be honest. Like, it just, he, it's, a, it's a kind of a combination of, like, wow. like, like, strength and technique. I mean, that's kind of the basic thing that, that it kind of boils down to, but there's something else. There's like a playfulness about his game that allows him to take risks like when most people would be more conservative. So we'll, we'll see what happens, you know. It's kind of a, a, a tale of two cities there where one guy is, uh, you know, this, this uh, guy who's like, um, I don't know, I feel like he, he's put in the work. That NC State wrestling program is no joke. I, I came up in high school doing that program. So like, I realized that he had that hard work ingrained in him from, from, you know, from at least college. Right. And, and it's translated to his MMA career, obviously, because now he's fighting for a million dollars. On a different note, Wean Dog, how are you holding up during this quarantine? It's a good dude. Today's the day I get to go finally see my girlfriend. Her parents are letting me come over 
to their house, but they're not letting me go inside their house. So I'm just going to be standing outside and, you know, talking to her through a window or something. I don't know what to, I mean, it's not, not like anything I haven't done before, um, yes. but you know, that's my highlight of the entire week. Now, basically. what kind of porn are you watching during this quarantine? Mainly oh. mom POV stuff. Cause POV is my go-to for porn and mom POV is like this porn company where it's just like this one dude who always bangs like women 40 and above in a hotel room. And he's like releasing all of his full length videos, HD on the porn hub. So I've been going deep into that dude. So that's basically my whole, if I had to sum up my entire quarantine experience, it would just be mom POV and that's it. <laughs> What's that Tyler? That's it. That's all you've been doing. Playing games, Twitch streaming, <laughs> League of Legends, Grand Theft Auto Five. That's it, dude. Yeah, me too. And Tyler, how are you doing, man? Dude, I'm chilling, man. I was built for this shit. Are you having flashbacks of the uh, Marines and being in Iraq? It's basically the same. It's just like, you know, usually we do like a like a you know you're you're out all day and then fucking doing nothing at night and then you have a day off so you don't do shit. It's like it's just like. Being there, I'm on day 17 right now, so I'm uh, I'm just going out to the backyard, shooting my bow, smoking weed. Hell yeah! Watching porn, dude. It's a great, great life. Bro, this life fucking sucks. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> I'm fucking trapped in a box for 24 hours a day. I already did this, and now I got to do it all over again. Well, see, okay. And, and I feel for you there. I'm fortunate enough. I, I'm in a house, so I have a backyard. I can go outside. I can stay within my, uh, my property. So it's, it's a little easier for me. I don't know how people are doing it in a fucking apartment. Well, I've just been taking over public parks and like doing MMA in the public park. I mean, that's basically what I'm doing. I don't care if everyone's scared, you know what I mean, that I'm going to infect them or get infected. I got to do what I got to do. I, yeah. If I, if I stay inside this box any longer, I'm going to go insane. So I've been training. That's good. Yeah. Have you thought about it? But, but on Monday, wait, let me ask everybody. Adam, you first. On Monday, did you feel some type of societal pressure? Because now it's like, what, the third Monday that we've been holed up? Did you feel some type of insanity overtake you? Because I did. The hard part for me is that, like, I did comedy yesterday at the Laugh Factory, 30 minutes in front of nobody. How did I, go? I was just happy. How did it go? Did you kill? Are you a murderer right now? I, I, I was one of those things where, like, I'm used to having nobody in the crowd anyway. Actually, more people there. No. It was one of those things. Uh, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a release, man. The, the, the hard part for me is that, you know, even when I do Muay Thai kickboxing three, four days a week, and I do comedy at night, I have an outlet, you know? Especially, yeah. especially in this business where there's so much rejection and, and so much like shit. So now you're taking away all my outlets. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Thank God we have a Peloton, which is like a game changer because it's an hour or 45 minute, you know, class that you could take. Is um, your wife making you do the Peloton? Blink hard. No, if she is. Uh, it's not even that. Dude, I, I get up. I got to watch the baby. My wife works from home, but she works. Not, She's on a conference all day people on the youtube comments are like what can your wife watch the baby because she fucking works oh, you know? oh that's so, so sexist so uh so <laughs> i gotta watch the baby from eight to six and then play bar tab trivia because I'm, I'm doing the trivia things from six to eight yeah then i have like an hour to talk to my wife and then oh. i do it and then i try to do the peloton at, over there and it's just like so i'm i'm, I'm busy 
Like, is that hour talking to your wife the hardest hour of your day? <laughs> so many people are like, uh, so many people are like, uh, hey man, this has been great. I've been taking up knitting or I've been you know, finally finishing my novel or something. I'm like, I've had no free time because normally there's a nanny that watches the kid. And you, when you watch a 19 month old, 29 month old baby, she's taking Play-Doh and eating it or, you know, Right. Yeah, you have to be paying attention to her the entire time. You can't hop on the room. She's got thumbtacks, she's juggling and shit. You know, it's like, I got to be make sure she doesn't kill herself. Come on, bye. So, right? Daddy. Make oh, it easy for daddy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, Adam, have you went ahead and made one of these yet? So I'm at Cult? Uh, no, I like that, though. It's pretty cool. Well, you know, a buddy of mine, Eric, like reminded me that I could like take my gi, stuff it full of pillows and towels, and now I have a grappling buddy. Yep. Yep. So just make sure that you guys going crazy, you martial artists out there, you're making sure to choke your buddy as much as you can. Well, listen, I love it, Mayhem. Yeah, That's our podcast today. Uh, anything you guys want to plug? Mayhem Martial Arts! And for Wean Dog, go ahead and go to my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Wean Dog. I've been live streaming these episodes every day that we do them at noon. So go to twitch.tv slash Wean Dog. Tyler? Follow me at SmithroBJJ, S-M-I-T-H-E-R-O-B-J-J. I'm doing some live videos, hanging out at the, in the, in the quarantine, so. Once this is over, I'm committed to taking your classes, by the way. Let's do it. One one thousand percent taking your class. I can't wait. Uh, so are you down for uh, uh, tomorrow? Do a podcast? Yeah. Wean dog, you down tomorrow? Sure thing, dude. Let's do it. All right. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Take it easy. Take it easy.